It's February the 20th, and Tennessee has now completed its football coaching staff. While the two reported hires on Monday are home runs, I'll tell you that more. It's Tuesday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Locked On Balls, and I'm your host, Eric Kane. Shout out every dayers making this show possible. You can watch, listen, view, subscribe, all that for free wherever you listen to your podcast and uh, on the YouTube channel as well. Please help spread the word of the show by subscribing to the Locked On Balls YouTube channel. Uh, we got a fun show coming up. Tennessee made two reported coaching hires on um, on on Monday to complete that football coaching staff. Going to talk freshmen that I believe will have an impact on the 2024 season for Josh Heupel. And then segment three, we'll have an interview with my buddy Jack Foster. On the road, I'm 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 home now, back in Knoxville, Tennessee. But I I I was recording this kind of throughout my day. So this podcast, hey, when you're on the road, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, all three segments going to be recorded in three different location so it'll look kind of funky on youtube but it's going to sound hopefully good um but uh it's all going to flow i promise you that um tennessee makes two editions okay volquest.com my colleague austin price broke both the hires and Darrell Sims is already out there calling recruits, and so he's in the boat for sure. And and uh, Darrell Sims, Darrell Sims for uh, the running backs coach, formerly of Cincinnati, and William Inge, uh, formerly of um, of Washington, about said Wisconsin of Washington. It was reported that he was going to take a job with Kellen DeBoer at Alabama, and uh, instead he's going to come to Rocky Top again. Uh, Austin Price broke both these news, and, and and again it's a late cycle. Tennessee entered last week. Okay, as uh, a coaching staff intact, and, and then you lost two, and, and we're we're here in the month, you know, mid February here. It's becoming more and more common now as we see all these transfer portal windows and the NFL windows are looking a little bit different, and these late coaching moves of uh, coach retiring, and then a national championship winning coach goes to the NFL, and and then uh, you know one playoff team coach head coach goes to another, and. Uh, you know, you got to replace all these guys, and so it's it's really been kind of unique to see the dominoes fall. But Tennessee entered last week with a full assistant coaching staff and lost two, and then of course Josh Heupel and and Tim Banks and staff went to work to try to fill those. Um, quickly, we'll talk about William Inge real quick, and um, you know, for him, he's fifty years old. He's been around the block or two. Um, he's been there, done that. He has been at Washington as the co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach the past two years. And, you know, I mean, Washington was was propped up by uh, a pretty solid, fun offense and a really, really good quarterback the last couple of years of Michael Penix, right? Or last year, Michael Penix. Um, and it was, a, it was a playoff team. But, I mean, the overall you know, defensive rankings and, uh, you know, in terms of the country and all that, not overly impressive. But, I mean, it was a solid football team. And, um, you know, he's going to come here and he was in the co-DC role at Washington. He's going to be coaching linebackers. I think that he was going to go to Alabama, but Kellen DeBoer went ahead and, hi- and hired Kane Warmack, um, the former South Alabama head coach, to be his defensive coordinator. Those two worked together at Indiana. And, and maybe, you know, William Inge just d- didn't necessarily like that. And so maybe he was looking for other opportunities. Uh, but he's going to come to Rocky Top and coach linebackers. Again, this is a guy that has been around the block a time or two. He's been at Washington as the co-DC, co- assistant head coach, co-DC and linebackers coach the past two seasons. 
uh, with Kellen DeBoer. He was with uh, DeBoer at Fresno State as a defensive coordinator. He was at uh, Indiana as a special teams coordinator in 2018 and 2019. Coached linebackers there as well. Um, he started Indiana in 2013, so he was at Indiana from 2013 to 2019. Uh, he's with the Buffalo Bills, working on the defensive line in 2012. Was um, with Buffalo, I guess, college in 2010 to 2011. Was at Cincinnati in 2008. Was at San Diego State in 2006. Colorado in 2005. Northern Iowa is where he got his co- actually he got his coaching start at Iowa as a graduate assistant recruiting coordinator, and then was at Northern Iowa as a position coach from 2001 through 2004. Played at Iowa. Um, Coach or played with the Tennessee Titans for one season in the NFL. And again, he's a guy that has been around the block and uh, he's got a lot of ties, you know, Midwest to West, not a whole lot in the East or or in the Southeast. Um, But I think a guy that's been coaching in college this long will know how to recruit pretty well. So I'm intrigued to learn more and more about William Inge and and, and see kind of what his style is at the linebackers and. You know, seeing some of the other linebackers he's already been coaching the last couple of years, uh, that excites me. But I think uh, Tim Banks, who had such a big hand in this hire, um, moved really, really quickly. And once they sat down and had a conversation with William Inge, I, I feel like um, it was it was a no-brainer once they kind of came to an agreement. So this one moved pretty fast. Now, running backs took a little longer, a couple days longer, and Tennessee landed on Darrell Sims. Darrell Sims is a name that you probably haven't heard of. He's been at Cincinnati the last, or he was at Cincinnati in 2013 with Scott Satterfield. He was with Scott Satterfield in 2002 at Louisville. Prior to those Power Five stops, uh, Cincinnati is now a Power Five program. Uh, he was at Eastern Carolina. He was at James Madison, where uh, he was a part of a staff that won the 2016 FCS National Championship. He was at Western Carolina, and before that, he was at Carson Newman. Yes. That Carson Newman, right behind me, little eagle, little, little little mini helmet there if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, in 2012, he spent one season at Carson Newman. He was in his 20s. He was getting starting in coaching, and your boy was a sophomore playing for the Eagles. And, um, yeah, um, you know, AP was mentioning his name late last week, and I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I remember uh, Coach Sims. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was best friends with a guy. We barely had interactions. He coached running backs. I was on the defensive side of the football. He did coach kickoff team. That was his unit on special teams, and I was on kickoff team. And so, obviously, I you know I was was coached by him in that regard. But I remember him being super passionate, super intense, um, very animated, and um, a guy that you're going to do it correctly or you're going to do it over. And if you don't do it correctly, you're going to get off the field. That that type of coach, right? But everybody liked him. I liked him a lot. Um, my buddy, one of my best friends, uh, former you know Division II Heisman finalist, Andy Hibbett, uh, sometimes listen to the show. We'll see if he listens to the show today. Um, he was coached by uh, Darrell Sims and, and, and loves the guy. He said he's the best coach he's ever had. Um, and, and, you know, me and Andy and really everybody else that was, you know, in our little friend group there, Carson Newman back in 2012, we knew that that guy was going to go on and make it big one day. We knew that that guy was going to go on and coach a big time college football before it's all said and done. Like I could, I could sense that back in 2012 and, uh, you, you know, uh, 10 years later, he's coaching power five. And of course, uh, 10 years later, 12 years later, he's you know back in East Tennessee. He's going to coach at Tennessee. So um, I know a lot of people were kind of 
down on this hire, saying that it's not a name. It's he hadn't been anywhere. Well, guys, I got news for you. A lot of Tennessee fans didn't know and didn't like Jerry Mack. A lot of Tennessee fans didn't know and didn't like Brian John Marie. Everybody knew Rodney Garner. Okay. A lot of people knew Willie Martinez. Okay. Ain't nobody knew who Alex Golish was. Nobody knew who Jerry Mack was. A lot of people didn't like that hire. And I'm not trying to, I said it last week on the show. I'm not trying to make light of the position or the coach, but you know, Hey, coaching running backs, big time college football is kind of like playing second base in, in, in men's softball. You just got to put somebody there, right? <laughs> you know, don't leak salt. You just got to put somebody over there in second base. Again, that, that is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's a throwaway because it's not Jerry Mack was a good coach. Jerry Mack was a good recruiter. Jerry Mack made those running backs better. I think Darrell Sims can make those guys better as well. But my point is, okay, as long as your coordinator has direction, as long as your head coach has direction, you're going to be an okay football team. I like Darrell Sims because I've been around him up close and personal a long time ago, but I know the type of coach he is, and I'm, I'm jacked up, pumped up about it. Uh, I've been following him along throughout his career a little bit, not as closely as some of my other friends. Um, again, you know, we're not best friends or anything, but I can say for firsthand experience, dude's a winner, and uh, Tennessee got a good one. So I'm excited to see what ten- what he does with these Tennessee running backs that you have Dylan Sampson, you got Cam Seldon, you're bringing in Peyton Lewis, you got Deshaun Bishop, you got Cleva Keith, and then, you know, William Inch, who's who's been there, done that, he's coached for, you know, three decades and, and, and coaches some high-level places, has got Keenan Peely, got Arian Carter, got Jeremiah T. Lander, you know, got uh, Elijah Herring, um, you got got a lot of tools to play with there in the tool shed. So I really like these two hires. I think these two hires are really good, and I think they're going to enhance what Josh Hopple already has here on campus. Um, Sims interviewed. They fell in love with each other, the two sides, over the weekend on Saturday, and lo and behold, it comes to fruition on Monday. Uh, William Inge, Tim Banks is working that one for a couple days and worked it really, really hard, and um, – Looks like he is coming to Rocky Top. Uh, side note, uh, speaking of William Inge, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, he was reported to be following Kellen DeBoer to Alabama. Well, um, Alabama now has its OC, its O-line coach, and now its linebackers coach that have essentially accepted jobs or reported to go there, accepted jobs, and now packing up and going somewhere else. So um, punch them while they're down, right? <laughs> you know, welcome to the welcome to reality there, Alabama fans. Uh, we'll have more on these two hires as the week goes on, but I really like both these hires. I do. I think Tennessee did a great, great job with Darrell Sims coaching running backs and William Inge coaching linebackers. Hey, when we come back, I'll talk about some freshmen who I believe are going to have immediate impacts for Tennessee next football season. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. Hey guys, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get buckets with your first bet at FanDuel. It is America's number one sportsbook. Uh, Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 bet, that's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and your favorite NBA teams with the quick bets, live game, in-game parlays, exclusive props. You can do college basketball. Major League Baseball is right around the corner. You've got college football that's going to be here before you know it. All that and more, rooting interest plus some coin in your pocket over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to shoot your shot today. FanDuel, it's also got a safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. FanDuel, it's a special for, uh, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. More to come here on a Tuesday Lockdown Balls.
All right, guys, welcome back into your Tuesday show. I'm your host, Eric Kane, and I want to talk about freshman impacts for the University of Tennessee. Okay, so, you know, we always talk about, you know, what's coming up in football. We talk about a lot of the quarterbacks, and we talk about the potential of what Tennessee can do next season and the highest-rated players and who could be all-conference and and projections for Josh Heupel, expectations in year four. We do that all the time, but very rarely do we focus – we talk a lot of recruiting, but very rarely do we focus on who can actually play a significant role for Tennessee out of that true freshman class. We talk and we talk and we talk and the recruiting process, oh, I like this guy. This guy's tape looks good. This guy's a four-star. This guy is a blue-chip five-star. And then they get to campus, and a lot of the times, you know, it's it's understandable. It takes a little while to transition into the college game, and, and sometimes we forget about this player, or if this player doesn't play as a true freshman, he's a bust, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, but I do think that there are a couple of guys in this class, in the class of 2024, who have already signed and some are already on campus that will play a significant role for Tennessee. And here's who I think will be in that that little grouping. The conversation, in my opinion, will start at Boo Carter. Do I think Boo Carter is going to be a starting safety or the starting star on defense as a true freshman? No, I do not. Do I think that he will back up Jordan Thomas at the star position and really push to get some reps? Yes, I do. I think Boo Carter is a player. Uh, but more importantly, and I've said this um, you know, really throughout the recruiting cycle for the class of 2024, I do believe that Boo Carter is going to be a returner day one. I think Boo Carter is going to be a guy that returns punts for Tennessee day one. I think Boo Carter is going to be a guy that returns kicks for Tennessee and be back there with Cam Seldon or, or whoever the case may be, um, you know, day one. Cam Seldon's going to have a bigger role in the in the in the running back, you know, group this year. Maybe he's not even back there returning kicks like he was with D. Williams this past season. So I think Boo Carter's dynamic playmaking ability with the football in his hands will allow him to be in that role day one. Um, but I do think Boo Carter is going to be pushing. He'll play the star position. He's more of a safety. Tennessee likes the safety built as the star in this defense. I think that's pretty evident. The only cornerback that's ever played the star position for Tennessee was Brandon Turnage, and that was all the way back in 2021 out of necessity. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, another guy that I think I could see a little bit of playing time for Tennessee in 2023, 2024, excuse me, would be Peyton Lewis out of the backfield. Now, here's here's a question that we need to kind of ponder here as we enter spring practice in a little over a month. What direction is Tennessee going to go at running back in terms of being the running back coach? Jerry Mack loved to spread the wealth. Jerry Mack loved to have a one-two punch and then sprinkle in a third when he could. Will the new running back coach for Tennessee share those same values? If so then I do believe Peyton Lewis will have an opportunity. If he has a good fall camp, he's going to be very limited. We're going to be sitting out of spring. He had an off-season procedure. But if he has a good fall camp, and remember, Dylan Sampson wasn't here as, a, as an early enrollee either and didn't have spring practice. But if he has a good fall camp, could he be that third action, third back in the backfield, third option in the backfield over a Khalifa Keith, over a Deshaun Bishop who should be healthy by that time? You know, we'll see. I think that it's not going to be a huge role, but I think Peyton Lewis could obviously play a little bit um, 
you know, as a as a true freshman running back. You know, there's not really anybody else in this class of 2024 that I think could step in and play immediate. On in that same vein, maybe a little bit more with uh, Peyton Lewis. I would say probably Jordan Ross, five star, <laughs> Edge, Leo, because Tennessee plays multiple Leos now. A lot of people make comments like, you know you could have Jordan Ross and James Pierce on the field at the same time. Yes, if you watch Tennessee football, you notice that on third downs when it's pass rushing situation, Tennessee has two Leos on the field. Um, no disrespect to Roman Harrison, but as he you know gets out and moves on, it won't be Roman Harrison and James Pierce anymore. It'll be James Pierce and somebody else who can, in my opinion, get after the quarterback on a more consistent basis, has a better skill set. So whether that's James Pierce or uh, J- Joshua Josephs, whether that's James Pierce, Caleb Herring, or could that be James Pierce and Jordan Ross? We will see. The last couple of seasons, Joshua Joseph's played a significant role at the Leo position in 2022 as the third option behind Roman Harrison and, of course, Byron Young. This past football season, James Pierce stepped up, um, was the guy, but quote-unquote the you know, Roman Harrison was technically the starter the first couple of games of the season before he got hurt, but it was Roman Harrison, James Pierce, and then it was Joshua Josephs, and then it was Caleb Herring who saw a little bit of play sporadically. Can Jordan Ross see more than just a sporadic play? Can he earn a role? I think that he probably could because I like his skill set, but again, he won't be an early enrollee either. I don't see any of these offensive linemen playing a significant role in 2024. It's just not a very transferable position, plus you have a veteran group coming back. Tennessee's numbers at cornerback are not very high anymore, so maybe Caleb Beasley can come in and work hard um, and and maybe steal some snaps. But overall, I don't necessarily see anybody else except maybe a Mike Matthews, and that's where the conversation will end. Mike Matthews, fellow five-star, and he's a wide receiver. But, you know, we talk about the wide receiver position a lot, and it's pretty crowded. It's pretty crowded. You have... Brew McCoy, who's coming back. Squirrel White in the slot. On the other side, you return Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb, Dante Thornton. You add in Chris Brazel. Mike Matthews could maybe be maybe be the, the backup slot, if you will, for a guy in, in Squirrel White. And so I think that is his quickest path to the field. And uh, dynamic skill set, goes up in high points of football, um, really good route runner, and, I mean, he's a five-star for a reason. So I think as the slot, the second option behind Squirrel, Mike Matthews can see the field a little bit as well. So you look at the 2024 signing class. Who could have immediate dividends for Tennessee in 2024? I think right off the bat, Boo Carter. That's where the conversation starts. I think a Peyton Lewis, Jordan Ross, Mike Matthews at running back, Leo, and wide receiver are in that second tier. And then everybody else, I mean, maybe Caleb Beasley and, you know, maybe Edwin Smillman at linebacker. I just, I don't see anybody else in the signing class having a significant role as a true freshman in 2024. Does not mean that they're going to be bust. Does not mean that they're never going to play. But in 2024, that's kind of all I see right there. So, um, I think it's important to have these conversations because we talk so much about these guys in the recruiting realm, and then when they get to campus, we oftentimes just forget about them or label them as a bus because we don't give them time. We're not patient enough to let them develop. So I thought that'd be a good conversation for today um, as we 
Uh, continue to get ready for spring football here in just about uh, three weeks or so. Hey, when we come back, I catch up with Jack Foster, Omaha Productions and Rocky Top Insider. I'll talk about uh, a number of things. Uh, we actually had a chance to catch up before Tennessee's baseball game on Sunday and uh, wanted to uh, bring this to the podcast uh, here a couple days later. Talk about spring practice, uh, Josh Heupel in year four. We talk a little Tennessee baseball and more. All that comes up next right here as we conclude a Tuesday show on Lockdown Balls. You're thinking about hiring for a small business. You want to find quality professionals that are going to fit that role for you. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job posting board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get get, uh, qualified candidates within a 24-hour time period. LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many different hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. That's why LinkedIn is constantly finding new ways to make this process easier. Plus, 2.5 million small businesses are using LinkedIn right now for hiring, and you can as well. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, well, they do apply. All right, guys, our final segment is a recorded interview I did with Jack Foster, Omaha Productions, and Rocky Top Insider. We did this Sunday evening um, while we were waiting on the Tennessee baseball game to start at Globe Life Park. If you're watching on YouTube, you will see where we're at. If you're listening, you're going to hear gloves popping and and you know balls off the bats and all that. It's just such a great baseball sound, you know. But um, and you'll hear some music and all that. But um, wanted to catch up and talk to Jack because. You know, he's a guy that came through. I, I saw him, you know, student media as a freshman at Tennessee, and, and now he's graduated. He's got a full-time job with Omaha Productions. Uh, he produces, you know, Greg McElroy's show, and he's on with uh, a lot of other high-profile guests and, of course, other personalities over there. So I want to get his thoughts on a little Tennessee football. I'm going to talk a little Tennessee baseball as well. So here's my conversation with Jack Foster of Omaha Productions. Even before we get to spring practice, Josh Heupel, year four. Yeah, He's had some highs. Really, it's been a lot of good since he's been here, but what do you think the expectations will be for Josh Heupel in 2024? It's to be closer to year two than what Tennessee was in year three of the Heupel era. I think eight and four, a little bit of a disappointment last season. Not a big disappointment, as it did kind of feel like a transition year with Joe Milton at quarterback. Yeah. Now it's the future. It's Nico Iamaleava. Tennessee's supposed to be really good these next couple of years. That's why Nico's a five-star. So vibes are high going into this season. Can Josh Heupel capitalize on that, get back to double-digit wins? I think that's the expectation, and it should be. Look at the Citrus Bowls a little over a month or two ago, and it's kind of a glimpse into the future. Saw Cam Seldon, a running back. Of course, you already had Dylan Sampson playing a little bit this year. Nico, a quarterback. Guys like Tyree West flashing on the defensive end. What did you like from that game, and specifically from Nico's play, that you think will translate obviously into an everyday starter. Yeah, the stat line of Nico, you look at 151 passing yards, it's not going to blow you away. He did have four touchdowns, but yeah. you know, the performance itself, Tennessee just dog-walked Iowa, so you didn't really get to see a lot of those wild plays from Nico, just a, just a handful. But I like how Nico had full command of Heifel's offense. Yeah. I thought he played really well. I think he was better than Joe Milton you know, in his first start. So I think Nico had a really good command of the offense. It looked like he was a natural leader out there leading the offense. The tempo was back a little bit. So I think 
you know, you have to be excited from what you saw out of number eight there uh, against Iowa. So it's going to be a new look SEC next year. Of course, you ditch in the divisions and comes in Oklahoma and comes in Texas. So it's going to be a little bit different. But where do you see Tennessee in this this new look SEC? Maybe in the pecking order. Okay, so you, you got Nick Saban retiring, but Alabama's team is still pretty solid. Of course, Georgia's up there. You know, Ole Miss, you bring in Texas. Kind of where do you think Tennessee is in that pecking order? I really feel like the top tier in the SEC is only two teams, and that's Georgia and Texas. I think okay. you obviously have to put Georgia up there. And with what Texas showed this year and what they bring back, it's hard to not think they won't be a top five team this yeah. year. After that, it could literally be anybody. LSU's probably going to be good. We'll see what Alabama looks like this year in uh, year one of Kalen DeBoer. And I think Tennessee's in that tier as well, along with Ole Miss. So Tennessee could be the third best team in the SEC. They could be sixth or seventh. If they're not top half, it's a big disappointment. A little loud, of course, Tennessee baseball about to start here on a Sunday night. Uh, one more football, then we will talk about Tennessee baseball. Who's a guy outside of Nico yeah. that needs to prove something when spring practice starts? The linebacker core is the most fascinating position group to me um, during spring. Obviously, Aaron Beasley leaves. Keenan Pilly's coming back. He's a, you know, an older guy, yeah. so he'll have a role. But it's, it's those young guys. Does Elijah Herring take another step forward? He was... You know, a little bit shaky in year in year two this past season, and then those young guys, Arian Carter and Jeremiah Tlander, we both saw good things from them uh, in their true freshman seasons. So, if Herring, Tlander, Carter, which guy can really step up and take charge of that starting role? That's what I'll be keeping an eye. On. And of course, we'll see who Tennessee's linebacker coach is going to be because right. Ryan John Marie goes to Michigan, and Jerry Mack goes to the NFL and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Still, some things to figure out before spring practice. All right, so um, just before Tennessee takes on Baylor on a Sunday night. Did want to talk to uh, you know Jack here and get his thoughts on Tennessee baseball overall to this point in the weekend. Um, really good win on Friday night and, yeah. and a really good game on Saturday. Tennessee loses in extra innings. I know the um, the offense wasn't there, but great defense, pretty good pitching overall so far. What are your expectations for Tennessee after seeing this opening weekend? Well, yeah, moving forward, it's it's going to be a work in progress as far as the pitching staff goes. I'm a little bit unsure of how deep it is. We saw last night they get deep into the bullpen. Once Combs kind of begins to lose his command, and then the freshmen come in and can't really save the day for Tennessee or, or can't keep it tied. Of course, Schaefer gives up a couple of RBI hits there at the in the top of the 10th. So pitching staff, I think, will be a work in progress. What A.J. Causey showed Friday night, who I think has been Tennessee's MVP so far oh, this, yeah. this weekend, is really encouraging. If he yeah. can beat that guy out of the bullpen, that's great for Tennessee. And then pitching is what I'm going to have my eye on here in a, in about an hour or so against Baylor with Xander Seacrest taking the mound to start. And, of course, Nate Sneed, we will see his first career appearance uh, as a Tennessee volunteer tonight too. But I think overall it's been, you know, there's been a lot of positives from Tennessee baseball's performance here this weekend. The Oklahoma game, as you said, was a really great game. Tennessee's defense played tremendously. They just couldn't get to Oklahoma's pitchers, and, you know, that's going to happen. I still think the upside is sky high for this Tennessee lineup. Yeah, that's funny about Tello said post game on Saturday. You know, this is the type of games that, you know, kind of prepare you for a regional, prepare yeah. you for a super regional. And so good to get that look in February. Right. Um, last thing, you mentioned some of the newcomers. The sneeze that we're going to see here on a Sunday, of course, A.J. Causey on Friday, Billy Amick, he had a home run in the opener. Cannon Peebles has been starting every game so far this weekend. What do you like about this new look, the new faces in the Tennessee baseball program? Well, I mentioned Tennessee's offense, you know, the upside of Tennessee's offense being sky high. That's because of those newcomers. That's because yeah. of Billy Amick and Cannon Peebles. Their pop 
is unmatched uh, on this Tennessee lineup, and I expect big things from those two this year at the plate. And then those pitchers, as I mentioned, if A.J. Causey can be that guy for Tennessee this season, you know, he could work his way into be one of the most important and significant players on this roster. So, you know, the newcomers have shown glimpses of being really good this weekend. I know Billy Amick had a down Saturday performance, but I expect him to be one of Tennessee's top hitters along with Cannon Peoples. And that'll do it here for this edition, this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Vols. Hey, if you guys have any questions for the mailbag, I know I didn't do one last week, and I know uh, because I was on the road, I didn't do one today. So if you have any mailbag questions, get those in there at underscore Kaner at Lockdown Vols, and we will uh, get to them on tomorrow's show, maybe Thursdays as well. I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you so much for being here making Lockdown Vols your first listen. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll continue to talk about these new hires and what's new with Tennessee football. All that and more right here on Lockdown Vols.